Welcome to the Maddest Touches. I'm your host, Chris Juicer, and this is Charlie Bradley. touches and what an episode it was last week which saw us tip two winners at seven to one and 22 to one uh why don't you run us first through Mitt Bahi and then I'll give you a little uh, little angle on the last one yeah absolutely so I've I've finally been um repaid in my faith for Mitt Bahi throughout this season uh, as I mentioned in the last episode for those of you that listened um He's a horse I've been following all season uh, with, with not much luck, to be honest, though he'd run very well on previous occasions. Um, and yeah, he finally came good. I mean, he, he ran on like ran on really well through the line. Um, though it was close on the face of it, I think I was never too worried that he that he wouldn't win. And uh, and yeah, it was a great way to kick off a day that, that actually ended up getting a bit better, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. We went up to air. It was the 305, uh, the, what's it called again? The the race, the, oh, the name escapes me. Mm. Um, Flying Childers? No, no. For the, the Firth of Clyde. No, that's a new <laughs> Yeah, uh, and Barefoot Angel came in re- really untouched in the market. Uh, people going for the form line of the favourite, wrongly, as Barefoot Angel squeezed her way through and powered home mm. to win the group three at massive price we know a couple of our followers have backed that double mm. um definitely enjoy your winnings make sure not to spend them all at once although there is quite a lot of exciting horse racing going on this weekend though, uh, though we wouldn't encourage you to do spend it on gambling no but reinvesting is fine as long as it's done <laughs> safely and uh, sensibly yeah. So this weekend, the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe mm. takes place out in Paris. We also have the Sun Chariot Stakes at Newmarket. It is genuinely, uh, someone messaged me today saying I'm salivating over the, the Longchamp card at the moment. And I kind of know where he's coming from. Like, you look, even at Saturday, we're not actually going to cover any races directly on Saturday. But there's some unbelievable racing mm-hmm. on that day. And then the Sunday is just like you know take your clothes off um <laughs> okay maybe we'll, maybe we'll maybe we'll edit that out um the prix de l'arc de triomphe the prix de l'opera longine uh, the prix de l'abbé the longchamp longine <laughs> uh, where mitt barhi will run i'm not sure if that's necessarily going to be a you know a perfect race for mitt barhi but we'll see no um, not a perfect race for any horse let's go over to Newmarket on saturday afternoon and kick off with the sun chariot stakes 242 where saffron beach heads the market 11 to 8 homeless songs one of a bit of a throwback mm. looking back at the start of the flat season that really was uh our kind of flagship horse going into the season uh clearly beaten last time which was disappointing uh, she's five to two. Laurel five to one. Prosperous Voyage 
who I tipped in the 1,000 guineas and came second at 33s. That was tough. Uh, 15 to 2. Grand Dame, 16s. Lights on, 22s. Mrs. Fist Herbert, 25s. Fontaine, 28s. Uh, and by all means is 40 to 1. Uh, a strong opinion in here or are you going to leave it to me? Well, I will leave it to you, but I want to first say that uh, though you have actually chosen another horse, I would love to go and see Homeless Songs return to form. Uh, she is a great horse. And as you mentioned, we, we kept a lot of faith in her early season. It paid off. Um, she was beaten last time out uh, when, when quite a strong favourite for the matron stakes. Um, but she she faded out of that race, came fourth in the end. Um, she seems to need a certain type of ground. I don't know if maybe the soft ground in the matron was, was against her. Uh, she's got good ground here, which we, she's done basically all her winning on. So <clears throat> there's a chance she will return to form and she's been very lightly campaigned by Dermot Weld. Um, but I'm going to leave it to you because you have a bit of a strong selection, which uh, we spoke about off air and I do agree with. Yeah, it's it, it, it's difficult to be honest, and it, like it, it's a bit of a punt, really. But what I'd say about the top two in the market is is one, Saffron Beach has had quite a long season, um, and you know, yes, she she's probably the most consistent in the race. She's won Group Ones before, so you know, positives. But she's had a long season. Homeless Songs has had a kind of uh, a mixed season, coming out and firing uh, two wins just like that in in two big races. And then uh, got injured and uh, has come back and, and been beaten. So, you know, not ideal preparation for this. And you would probably, it would be fair to say that this necessarily wasn't the kind of goal at the start of the season. Um, Prosperous Voyage, again, is another one who's had a, quite a long season. Uh, and uh, basically, my hat kind of falls upon Laurel, which I think is, you know, just a really, really interesting um, filly. She uh, she won on debut uh, and, as John Gosden's often do, improved massively on her second start, beating a horse, Pure Dignity, who, who had been flagged up by David Egan uh, when, we, when we had him on the podcast as uh, one that uh, was really going to do big things this season. So, you know, it, it's a slight punt on that, but I think... Uh, I quite like these ones that, that are prepared late in the season for these races. And, you know, making a debut in July, at the end of July, and then coming here for one run in September. Uh, you know, I, I could see Laurel running running a big race here. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think you make a very good point about it being a long season for the others. This one comes into it far fresher. Um, she's very unexposed. She's been, she's been supplemented for this, uh, which won't have... Which won't have cost, um, you know, we, we would cost probably a pretty sum, I imagine. Um, and yeah, I, I think John Gosden doesn't throw them into a Group One for no reason. I think they've 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 got an angle here and they're looking to exploit it. So yeah, I'll back you up on Laurel there. Like it. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed on uh, that one. Other than that, Saturday we looked at earlier, and I think the the interesting one in the in the three o'clock is is Rohan. Uh, who's a who's a big favourite of yours? I yeah yeah no I do like Rohan. Um, I think we were looking at that race and we just sort of thought the depth in that race isn't particularly good. And Rohan is actually a very good horse who's run some very good races this year, uh, including 
a strong second at Royal Ascot. Um, a win at Royal Ascot. A win at Royal Ascot, sorry. Um, it was Potmaster who you'd backed, who was, uh, who was second. Who was second, yeah. yeah. That, that's why I probably remember the second, uh, gutting that. But um, uh, yeah, and then and then some really good form inside, uh, in behind Minzal, who who we know is, who's since been retired, but um, but proved to be a group one sprinter by, by the end of his career. Um, so Rohan just seems to be in, in company where he can probably take advantage of, of, of most of them with sort of horse like Flaming Rib maybe being the danger. But yeah, we liked Rohan, didn't we? Yeah, I, I think I think Rohan is is just a, such a solid horse and that, that Ascot form that he's had for a while is, you know, hopefully going to bring him out on top. So 72 there looks like a looks like a pretty good price to be honest um other than that we have the the cumberland lodge which is an interesting race I, i'm not going to say too much because i haven't really looked at it but hamish is the favorite there high definition comes in as well it's mm, a bit of a kind interesting of, yeah. they're really searching for races for that horse yeah it seems. absolutely um but why don't we move then to the feature day the feature races of the flat season uh the prix de l'arc de triomphe happens at 305 so why don't we just get stuck in with that? At the moment, Punchy. Luxembourg is 7-2 favourite with Skybet. I think four's best price. Alpinista, 11-2. In from sixes this morning, Vidani, who won the Coral Eclipse really impressively. Obviously, that's two furlongs shorter than this race. Sevens. Torquator Tasso, last year's champion, who won at 66-1, to is now 15-2 to for this Having actually been retired last year, um, title holder eights, Westover nines, Ernesto, who's interesting at tens, Mare Australis, his 22s, obviously the, the owners are going to be disappointed that, that Very Elegant isn't turning up mm-hmm. here. Uh, Mishrif 25s, huge price for Mishrif. Mendocino 25s alongside uh, Al-Kahkim, who I know we've had some strong word for from our resident Guillaume Hurd. Uh, Seal away 33s. Do Deuce is interesting at 33s. Mostadaf 40s alongside Bubble Gift, Grand Glory, Alan Kerr, Deep Bond, Broom, Stay Foolish. There's some huge horses in this field. Where are you putting your money? Oh, God. Apart from the, apart from the fact you don't bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah, the huge horses in this race. Though, one thing I do want to state just from the off is I don't know if this is the strongest arc. Like. It yeah. doesn't scream top quality to me like arcs of arcs of years gone by have. Like, you know, last year's was a really, really exciting clash when you had like Tanawa going up against the Godolphin horses and then you had an eighty to one horse winning it in the end, but that was like 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 all the horses, you know, but in behind were were, were the the so the, the the ones high up in the market, so it was a good race and that wasn't a fluke. And Talk Rated Tasso has come out this year and has run some good races, so you know that horse is clearly talented uh, and still has a chance this year um <clears throat> i think and you're probably going to hate me for this because i know you're not such a fan of this horse but um i tipped a horse a couple of people last year um called seal away who ended up finishing fifth in this race uh but at big odds i think just just a shade over 50 to one um so if you got the right bookmakers you would have got your each way money um and Sealaway is a horse who I think has been pretty consistent. I mean, there's a couple of races this year where you might throw a couple of question marks. Um, though has done all racing at, at Longines and and 
without winning has run some very good races you know a close third in behind state of rest in a, in a group one um a second close behind skeletti in, in a group two um and i think the form that i wanted to concentrate on was was the form at the back end of last year where obviously fifth in the arc as i've mentioned in a in a very strong renewal of the arc uh and then a uh first at, at royal ascot um beating dubai honor in the in the champion stakes um miguel barcelona was on board that day and he he takes the ride again uh here and i just think seal away is a horse who at 40 to 1 has got to be underestimated for a horse who finished fifth in this last year i mean that seems a ridiculous price um he has got good longines form i mean we remember him you might probably remember him from that um two-year-old run beating nando parado by eight lengths um which is an unbelievable performance and that was on heavy ground and it looks like the ground's gonna be soft um again this year so that's again within his favor um i think judging by his races this year it looks like perhaps the the step up to one mile four again will be of of um uh, will play into his favor so i think there's a lot to like uh, for for um seal away and at around 40 50 to one you know you're getting some good each way money there and and what i think is not the strongest of arcs so so yeah i'd happily take him at that price yeah i think uh you know you make some really good points there and often having the experience in the race does count uh mm. for for good things yeah. um for me i think you know we talk a lot about torquay to tasso alpinista you know so closely matched on form with him mm-hmm. uh but actually trumps his form because uh, she's beaten him this season. Uh, Mark Prescott was probably kicking himself for not running her in this last year. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, this year's almost been a perfect prep. Like, quite lightly oh, raced. Mate, she's like... Yeah, run, run, run twice and won both races. Uh, it's going to be a huge ride for Luke Morris, but she's going to love the ground. Uh, she's drawn in six, which is, you know, absolutely fine. She's going to be in in there. She's not drawn in the car park. And, you know, horses like Luxembourg and Videni, who are surrounding her in the in the market, they need to step up in trip. And she's got the experience. She's going to have the, the, the grit out there on this really soft ground. And I could really see her. I see her, if you're going for a short one, you know, I see her as the 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 most bulletproof um it, it's weird as well because i know we say this a lot but like she'd probably be a lot shorter if she was trained by someone other than mark prescott you know yeah. probably a high, more high profile trainer um you know so your john gosden's or or aiden o'brien's or or indeed andre Farb over in france um she's she's gone and won two group ones this year as her only two races and loves one mile four it's a perfect distance like you know she's got and, a really cracking and, chance and these were beating good horses you know uh, mendocino who who's in the field here Mm-mm. uh you know she beat she beat him and uh tuesday as well who runs in yeah. the in the pre de l'opera who was uh you know really good an a, a, a oaks winner from from earlier in the season so Mm-mm. you know there's some proper form there and i think uh, alpinista maybe is is still a shade uh overpriced i i quite like the uh, profile of of do juice as well uh who's a, a japanese horse uh last time ran in the pre-neal traveled really well into that before just getting a bit tired in the last furlong but that was um his first run since may 
when he won the Japanese derby uh, in Tokyo. So I think that's another one. Now that we know that he goes on the soft ground, uh, the Japanese, I would have thought that would probably be smashed on the whirlpool. Um, so make sure you're backing on the on the sports book. And then other than that, I think, you know, that's 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 really it for me. It's it's yeah. those two. I quite liked one that was taken out today of Andre Farbs. Yeah, true um, testament. True testament, yeah. but but that's no longer running. Yeah. So yeah, for me it's it's Alpinista and, mm. and Do Juice. Yeah, I, I, I like both those angles. I think Alpinista is very solid. Um I think just for the listeners I wanna give a quick uh punter's pointer. Um and uh yeah the the last three runnings of this have been won by non british irish trainers um they sort of for us for a bit of time seemingly had a bit of a stranglehold on the race um we were sending over all our best horses uh and seemingly you know coming back with the goods hasn't been the case in the last three years obviously a naval famously being beaten uh by valgist um which is a big shame but uh but yeah so that's one to look out for and then if you're looking at any of the younger horses the three-year-olds they haven't had the best record of late uh the last winner was enable back in 2017 um so just one to watch out for you know the the older horses uh the older horses do tend to do better at least you know recent form suggests uh and yeah, it's all to do with the the sort of weight allowances, but we w- we won't get into that. Um, but yeah, just ha- watch out for that if you're having a bet in the race. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a race that. And following uh, race, we have the Prix de l'Opera Longines, which is over one mile two furlongs for fillies and mares. Can you give us a little rundown on the market with this one? I can. I've got it up here. Uh, so heading the market for this one is uh, Nashua, the winner of the French Oaks at nine to four. Then you've got above the curve for Joseph Patrick <laughs> O'Brien, three to one. Le Parisienne, suitably uh, at four to one. Emily Upjohn, so unlucky in the uh, in the English Oaks, uh, fifteen to two. Tuesday, eight to one. My Astra, nine to one. Grand, Grand Glory, twelve to one. Uh, Trevenants, sixteens. Abeira 20s, uh, Insinuendo 20s, and bigger the rest. It is a high-quality field. That it is. I, I rather boringly kind of like Nashua here. I actually would have kind of liked her chances if she'd gone for the um, for the arc itself. Although I'm not surprised given that, you know, the last two runs, she's been showing really top form over this trip. Last time winning the Nassau, which we know is always a uh, a really top uh, race for the fillies and mares in the in the flat calendar. So I think Nashua really comes here. The only kind of blot on her copybook was a third in the Oaks behind Tuesday and Emily Upjohn. Clearly, Emily Upjohn maybe hasn't fulfilled quite the heights that she was set for at the start of the season. But uh, I would say Nashua is probably the one out of that trio uh, to take forward. Tuesday will reoppose here. Uh, the last few runs uh, has been, you know, inconsistent, but also still running at the top level and running quite well. So it'll be a good matchup again. Um, and I think, you know, it's quite likely that 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 Nashua will give a, a really good account of herself. And I would have thought that, that the Gosdens have put her in, in here for, for a reason, as opposed to p- putting her in the big one. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, I understand where you're coming from. I think it's a very interesting race, the opera, because um, as you say, there are horses that in here that could well go for the arc, but decide not to for for some one reason or another. 
uh, usually depending on on the trip because this is obviously a bit short as you said um, I mean an obvious example of that was Tanawa a couple of years ago who would have been a shoe in for the arc surely especially based on that opera win um, and she she was mightily impressive uh, then didn't quite follow up in the arc the the year she after she did fly she flew home in that arc though, didn't yeah, she? yeah 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 she she's a, she was a quality horse like yeah. so good um, so yeah interesting one uh, I like Nashua. Uh, I also like a horse that came very close to Nashua um, a couple of starts ago at uh, Chantilly, and that was um, La Parisienne. Um, this one is pretty lightly raced, uh, has only had five runs in, in her fledgling career, uh, but she's run at the, at the highest level twice already. Which is which is pretty impressive. Coming second, a short neck behind Nashua, and, and third, a neck behind Sweet Lady um, at Longines, uh, at Longchamp rather, not Longines. <laughs> um, she she likes the soft ground clearly as well, which would be a plus. I think she'll want a strongly run race because she could easily get, or she does get one mile four. Um, but she's very interesting as a lightly raced horse in this one, um, and I I I'll probably take her over Nashua as, as the price is slightly more favorable on that one so yeah Le Parisienne for me yeah it's going to be a, a top race that and and hopefully we would have already had the winner in both the Sun Chariot on the day before and in the arc itself uh, let's move on then to the final one that we're doing a, a sort of big preview for which is the uh, Prix de l'Abbaye which is always weirdly run on the other side of the the track so for spectators going there uh you know enjoy this day i i never really understand it so it, it's because they don't have the they don't have a straight five in front of the stands yeah yeah so it's like it's the weirdest thing and like it, it, it's bad for the spectators there it's bad for the people watching on tv because the camera angles are like rubbish like they cut to they cut like midway through the race this camera that's really far away from the race <laughs> and you're like but well, i can't see any of the horses i don't know what's going on and it's also like weirdly i just remember like the labe being really rainy and like misty yeah. and you can't see anything anyway so like, yeah it's always so weird and, and it, it's a weird race. you contrast it to goodwood for the stewards cup and the you know the king george they have and and they put it right up against the stands because these are the horses that go faster than all of the others and flat racing that is one of the things that spectators like to see so it really is um you know mind-boggling situation but one we've got to deal with uh the platinum queen heads the market at 11 to 4 who has really had an uptick this season a uh, bernoy uh, 11 to 2 cord de pierre 13 to uh, 13 to 2 may i say mit bahi eights uh, which was the one that charlie tipped just a point shorter when he was successful last time a case of you for ad mcginnis could come back to form here uh and then we have Teresa mendoza munista who's been uh, consistently running out in ireland flotus obviously for simon and ed Crisford, who had a huge career um ahead of that one uh, earlier in their career castle star 25s new york city 25s uh we'll leave the market there for now uh, have you got a strong selection in this one um obviously we're still still waiting for waiting for decks as we record here on a, a crisp thursday night in in southwest london yeah yeah so it's difficult without the decks and without the the draw obviously um 
I think, yeah, reading out the prices that I don't know. I I was tentative on um, uh, Bernoy, if that is how you say his name. I think, I think that's Bernoy. Bernoy. I don't know. Bernoy. I think you just have to say it fast. Try and um, forget about it. I was quite keen on this one. I think has run has been running to quite a consistent standard um, all of this season, uh, including winning last time out at Longchamp um, over this five furlongs on soft ground. Um, that was in a group three. I think that represents relatively good form. Um, he did run in this race last year when a case of you, who obviously comes here again, won. Uh, he was dead last in that, but started slowly uh, and was was always at the back and so never really had a chance. But he went to the race at seven to two last year um, with, with clearly a great shout and they, and they liked him uh, a lot for the race. So... He's coming in here having not damaged his credentials, and what did you say, eleven to two? Yeah, eleven to two. Yeah, I mean, like, I quite like that. Like he, he will, he will go because they plotted this route out exactly the same as they did last year. Like he's basically running at all the same races, um, so he will go, and he's he's got to have a great chance, I think. Um. I, I don't know if you have a stronger opinion, but I, I thought that one. I know it's not. I know it's not pretty unoriginal given it's a big sprint, but you know. Second well, I favorite, guess. But. I guess to the you know to 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 the same extent. Uh, the only one, uh, you know, behind that one in that race in front of Royal Acclaim was uh, Cordy Pierre, who sits a a point behind Benoit in the betting, yet has only had two runs this season, so it's actually been quite lightly raced. So. Mm. Another one of those sorts of angles, Corda Pierre could be could be kind of interesting, um, kind of peaking potentially at the right time. Yeah, um, it, it's a weird one. Like, sorry, I'll just say quickly, uh, and also cool seeing the Platinum Queen go as a two-year-old. Yeah, don't know when the last time that happened because I remember Soldiers Cool going and running. Yeah, well, that was what I was gonna say. As in, sorry, I meant a winner as a two-year-old. I, I I don't know, but also I, it's a weird one because like Has it ever happened, a actually? two-year-old. Uh, running on soft ground in yeah, one of these yeah. five furlong sprints is you know it just feels like a race which is just going to beat you up and yeah it can't be it can't be good for the horse really I mean, it, it hasn't it hasn't well there hasn't been a winner since 1972 i don't know yeah. about before that but like the the yeah. it, it, from 1972 to to now there hasn't been a winner as a two-year-old so that i mean it'd be very surprising one other thing i would say to watch out for is that um, the British and Irish trainers are absolutely dominated this in the last ten years. Um, to, to, to that, to mirror that, I think Flotus has probably got a great chance here. Flotus seems to have been kind of underestimated this season. Like placed at Ascot at forties, um, another uh, a win at York, and then last time placed behind Highfield Princess, who who really has taken the the sprint division by storm this yeah, season yeah. at 18 to 1 coming third flotus was that day so i think you know 16s flotus has always gone well on soft ground uh and with you know it kind of depends who who's jocked up on this one um mm. but i could see i could see flotus running a big race i would hope I that think. it's potentially not uh sylvester i was gonna say i want the doiler on board <laughs> yeah i'd have the doiler I think. yeah um shamey heffernan took the ride last time at the Curra, and it and it went well. Anyway, um, well, maybe not for a sprint, the Doyler. Anyway, sorry, that's that's by the by. I, I when you read out the list, I thought maybe we've overlooked Floaters here because that one's been a bit of a forgotten horse this this season. And 
again, it doesn't look like the strongest Abbey. That it lacks that British sprinter. Yeah, there's no Batash. Yeah, lining out, even though Batash uh, was, you know, often very poor in this race. Yeah, yeah, but but you always thought, oh wow, Batash takes the eye. Exactly. Even like even always like glass slippers, Marsha, you yeah. know, previous winners of this like. They're, they're good horses. They're proper sprinters. 100%. Um, but it d- always does have a weird feel. Maybe it's just the fact that those kind of star-grade horses don't tend to win it. Um, you know, when you think yeah. of the case of you, you always think of a kind of phone number by the by the form book there. Uh, but a case of you still comes in with a good chance here. So, yeah, Prix de l'Abbé. So, I guess, between the two French ones, Bernoy for you... Um, potentially called a Pierre, a little shout for me, and then and then Floaters, I think, for both of us, presents a bit of value uh, as potentially an under, underestimated one for the for the British trainers who seem to have had a pretty good record in the, the race. Um, elsewhere, over the, the card, any anything else that kind of tickles your fancy over the whole weekend? Uh, if not, we're going to move on to a, uh, a voice note that Will Heard, Guillaume Heard, sent us uh, with his nap. French for the week. French racing expert Guillaume Heard. Uh, he is he is our resident French guy. So, uh, just listen to this. Hi lads. Yeah, very excited about this weekend's racing. Um, the card across both days looks pretty phenomenal. Uh, my nap comes in the pre-dollar on the Saturday. Um, <clears throat> a very competitive race on the face of it. Um, Anne Mart rated 117 has got the standout form from England but I'd be a bit worried about him on the ground um, I can't have a diab these days and then there's obviously some other great horse in the race West Wind Blows, Junko, Wally, Botanic all very good runners um, but my nap comes in Lasso he ran in the French Derby, and he was one of the three horses that was caught right at the rear of the field. The other two were Al Hakim and Ernesto. Al Hakim went and won a Group Two on its next start, and Ernesto went and won the Grand Prix de Paris, and then came second in the Irish Champion Stakes. Um, Lasso went and won a listed race on his next start, really impressively, um, and last time out. <clears throat> ran a very commendable second in behind Smika Mele, who's got that Grand Prix de Paris form as well. I think Lasso dropping back to a mile two, which is definitely his optimum trip. Um, he'll get the ground. There's buckets of pace on, so him coming from the rear is actually going to be a benefit. Um, to be honest, I think he'll take all the beating, and I would have him favourite for the race. Um, it's a brilliant race, brilliant weekend of racing, but yeah, Lasso is the nap. Wow. <laughs> I think I got goosebumps there. That's a strong, strong fancy right there. Pretty bullish, right? I yeah. actually I, I listened to it about half an hour ago. Oh, and so I you knew like, it was coming. Woo! Yeah, yeah. You can the way you can hear his French accent as well. That's sort of like I know, French I know. Twang. I think he spent a bit of time um age thirteen for a week out uh, in the Dordogne <laughs> on his uh leavers trip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah. caving and kayaking exactly that yeah resident resident french expert uh guillaume heard there yeah uh wow well i guess that potentially uh shuts up shop on what has been an incredible preview of an incredible weekend's racing i cannot contain my excitement for this weekend 
I think we've got some really, really good selections as well. Uh, You know, make sure that you listen to the whole thing. We'll be posting content on Twitter, on Instagram. So you can basically be watching the race uh, with us. us, If you actually want to watch the racing with us, you're more than welcome to send us a message and ask. And like, if you're, as long as you're not like armed, (laughs) you can probably come and watch it with us if you want. We're all about the community. Uh, We also build community in in the stuff that we're writing on Lunify as well, which has been really good. And you get a bit of a kind of more uh, detailed insight into the into the proper form analysis, which is something that we want to teach people as well who who aren't maybe as as well versed when it comes to reading form. Uh, so yeah, more of that there. Any closing remarks from you? Uh, no. Well, I would say one thing. Uh, our our Sunday. As much as I think this is great, our Sunday is uh, slightly interrupted by the London Marathon. Uh, I think we'll both be going to support uh, various people we know running, obviously doing it for various great causes. So so shout out to all of those people doing that. Uh, really, really respectable thing to do. Um, and we will, the Midas Touch will be cheering you on from the sidelines. Yeah, we will be cheering you on from the sidelines. The, the marathon is absolutely brutal. Yeah. Um, you would know, you, you've done one. Yeah. And 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 I think running has also taken its toll on you recently as well. It has first week back for for six weeks. I uh, well no wait it wasn't running to be fair it was football. Yeah. Um, I I sprained my ankle pretty badly. Been out for six weeks. Went went to boxing for the first time yesterday. Shout out to Jab Boxing in Mayfair where I do my boxing. Um, I went there. My legs. I can't feel my legs today. It's pretty tough. <laughs> um, but but we're back. That's how we like That's it. That's how we like it. Shout out also must go to the swimming pool at the Virgin Active Gym. I fucking love you, man. <laughs> Sorry for swearing. I just love the swimming pool. And the sauna. I'm not forgetting you. Yeah. I love you too. Uh, anyway, it's been a great episode. Thanks for listening. It's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charles. <laughs>